Chapter thirty two of the Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Nicole Lee, Memoirs of Chateaubriand, seventeen sixty eight to eighteen hundred, by Francois Rene de Chateaubriand. Chapter thirty two. Paris, June eighteen twenty one. Journey to Bretagne. Garrison of Dieppe. Return to Paris with Lucille and Julie the whole of the preceding book was written at berlin i have returned to paris for the baptism of the duc de bordeaux and have given up my embassy from fidelity to the party of monsieur de villers who has resigned having now leisure let me write in proportion as these memoirs grew from my past years they represent to me the lower portion of an hour-glass constituting the fallen sands of my life when they have all run through i would not turn my hour-glass even if god had given me the power the solitude to which i retired in bretagne after my presentation at court was not like that of combourg it was neither so complete nor so melancholy nor in a word so compulsory i might quit it if i liked and it therefore lost its value an old baron or baroness of many quarterings keeping guard in their feudal manor over their only remaining daughter and son afforded me what the english call characters there was nothing provincial nothing low in this way of life because it was not that usually led where my sisters lived simplicity of manners still prevailed we went about dancing at each other's houses and having private theatricals at which i was occasionally an indifferent performer at fougeres in winter we had to bear with the society of a little town its balls assemblies and dinners and i could not be overlooked as i was at paris on the other hand i had not been in the army and at the court without a change having taken place in my ideas in spite of my natural taste a something within me resisted my remaining in obscurity and called me from the shade julia detested the country the consciousness of beauty and talent urged lucile to a more extended field of action i felt in short so ill at ease in my mode of life that i became aware that it was never intended for me however i was always fond of the country and about marigny it was beautiful my regiment had changed its quarters the first battalion was in garrison at Havre the second at dieppe i rejoined the latter my presentation at court had made me quite a person of importance i took to my profession with spirit and attended parade regularly i had the charge of some recruits whom i drilled on the seashore that sea has formed the background of the picture in almost all the scenes of my life la martiniere did not occupy himself at dieppe either with his homonyme la martiniere or with p simon who wrote against bossuet port royal and the benedictines or with the anatomist Pequet, whom Madame de Sévigné calls Le Petit Pequet, but La Martinière was in love at Dieppe, as he had been at Cambrai. He was sighing at the feet of a stout cauchoise, with a headdress about three feet high. She was not young. By a singular coincidence, her name was Cauchy, the granddaughter, apparently, of that Dieppoise, Anne Cauchy, who, in 1645, was 150 years old. It was in 1647 that Anne of Austria, looking on the sea as i do from the windows of her chamber amused herself by watching the fire-ships burning for her diversion she left the young louis the fourteenth to the care of the people who had been faithful to henry the fourth and bestowed upon those people innumerable blessings notwithstanding their villainous norman dialect at dieppe we again meet with certain feudal services which i had seen paid at combourg to the citizen vauquelin were due three boars heads each with an orange between its teeth and three coins of the most ancient money known i returned to pass a session at fougeres in that town lived a noble lady named mademoiselle de la belline aunt of the countess of tronjoli 
of whom i have already spoken an agreeable but plain woman the sister of an officer in the regiment of conde attracted my regard i would not have been rash enough to raise my eyes to a beauty it was only when encouraged by the imperfections of a woman that i ventured upon offering my respectful homage madame de farcy who was a great sufferer at last came to the determination of leaving bretagne she persuaded lucile to accompany her and lucile in her turn overcame my repugnance to going we took the road to paris a sweet reunion of the three youngest birds of the covey my brother was married and lived with his father-in-law the president de rosambo in the rue de bondy we agreed to settle near him and through the agency of m de lille de salle who lived in the pavillon of saint lazare at the top of the faubourg saint denis we secured apartments in the same place End of chapter thirty two